Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The experience of a nightmare co-worker depends on so much more than just the person themselves. A toxic co-worker is bad, absolutely, but there are so many factors that can make it so much worse. Someone who screams at you is definitely going to cause stress, but if your co-workers stand by and do nothing, it can make you feel even worse. Or what if management decides to side with them because they just seem too difficult? That can make you feel absolutely trapped and amplify the stress a hundred times over. The flip side to this is when you're in a genuinely good place with supportive colleagues and management who see the nightmare for who they are. That's what happened to Claire. And for a rare change, today's episode will be about what happens when a nightmare finds themselves in a good workplace. I'm Sam Blacker, and you're listening to I Work With A Nightmare. Okay, so I literally just moved across the world to the country. Um, it was my first job, and uh, I just came in blind. I knew nobody. I just turned up. I didn't have a job, and I got here, and they said, yeah, great, you can come work with us. I was like, oh, fantastic, this is really good. Claire was feeling isolated in a whole new environment and definitely a bit vulnerable as well. Naturally, while at her weakest, she met a nightmare in her new workplace. Lisa had started the week before me, so we were both new around about the same time. And I was like, everything was different. I moved from Wales down under and there's different words for the same things. It was all quite confusing. But everybody in the office was so nice and so sweet and really helpful, um, apart from her. Problems with Lisa started with the small stuff. She kind of made this big thing about pointing out my differences quite negatively. Um, so like one day uh, a colleague said, oh, have you seen this particular movie? And I said, oh yeah, no, I'm not really one for going to the cinema. In this country, we call it the movies. I'm like, okay. These digs became pretty common and it seemed Lisa had a way of turning everything into a negative. I like purple, it's my favorite color. Um, I'm pretty much, I'm everything I wear, all my everything, my, my phone cover, all that kind of stuff is purple. I just love it. It's what I do. And she turned and somebody said, oh yeah, you've got a lot of purple. I'm like, yeah, it's great. It's my favorite color. And she turned around and said, oh, I hear that people that really like purple are sexually frustrated. The digs slowly became more personal. And to understand them, we first have to understand the working arrangement. The company we were working for, they had like a headcount limit. And because she'd started the week before me, she'd got the last vacancies. She was allowed to go onto a staff contract. She got uh, annually and sick leave. Um, but because they needed me to work in the office with them, um, I had to do contracting. So I was effectively self-employed, uh, which meant I didn't get the sick leave and the annual pay. So Lisa focused on this. 
and she'd be sitting there with her contract saying, oh, I haven't signed a contract yet. I don't know which one to sign. Should I sign the union one or should I not? Which one have you signed, uh, Claire? And I'm like, well, I don't have a contract because I'm self-employed. So and she knew that. So it was the digs, constant dig, 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 dig. It was kind of, yeah, it was weird. I've not, I've not meant somebody behave like that. And these kinds of digs continued. One day we were just sitting there, just doing our work. And um, when I moved over here, I moved over with an accounting technician qualification, which is like a, a level before below chartered accountant. And it's great, it got me a job, it got me jobs in Wales. There was no, it, it's quite a recognized qualification. When you go into interviews, people know what it is, it's a benchmark. Um, and she sat there one day and just out of nowhere, she starts going on about, oh, oh there's quite a stigma attached to being an accounting technician, isn't there? This really threw Claire. And I was just, I oh, didn't know what to say. I, I had to walk away because I was just like, I spent three years at night school to get that qualification. It meant an awful lot to me. And she's just sitting there saying like, it's, you know, it's a stigma. There's, it's just, you don't get the money or any of that. But she wasn't even full chartered herself anyway. Um, and so that, it got quite personal. Um, and that, that was really, that was really not nice. But as all nightmares do, Lisa escalated beyond the constant digs. She wouldn't take responsibility for things, which was part of her role. Um, and one day I heard the finance manager talk to her about the, the level of debt on the balance sheet and say, oh, Lisa, um, I need you to do something about those debt figures. They, they, they need looking at, they need reducing. Um, and on the same day, she followed me into the toilet and cornered me and said, oh, I need you to do something about the debt figures. They're too high, you need to do something about it. Early on in the job and feeling stressed out, Claire literally changed her work patterns because of this. Um, so after that, I started going to the toilet on a different floor because I, and I know, because I noticed that she kept following me. Um, so every time I went to the bathroom, I went on a different floor. She'd get really flummoxed because I'd come back and she'd be at the desk going, oh, oh, you know, as if to say, where did she go? Where did she go? This controlling nature and lack of boundaries continued as well. She had this other really annoying habit of reading your monitor over your, over your shoulder. Um, the layout in the office was such that we were in pods, but we were in rows within pods. So she was right at the back and she could see three people's computer screens. So she'd sit there and she'd be like really quiet and you just knew that she was reading what you had on your screen. But she didn't just read the computer screen, she commented on what she read. Um, and she'd make comments about what you were looking at. So one day I was looking at um, a government agency and she's like, oh, what do you want to look at that for? What do, you, what do you want to go there for? That's really boring. And I said, I'm just trying to get a phone number because I'm talking to my friend that works there. A judgy person who makes digs, literally commenting on things that have nothing to do with her would be stressful enough. Naturally, this began to take its toll on Claire. And when you've moved across the world, um, you're trying to fit in and you just want to be, you know, who you are, but you want people to like you, you want to be able to get on and not think that you've made a huge mistake. It really wasn't helping, it really didn't help. And for Claire, it did reach that near-breaking point pretty early on. I had my birthday while I was on, I hadn't told anybody it was my birthday. And she, I, I can't remember what she did on that day, but she was particularly nasty that day. And I just remember sort of getting home and just really wanting to cry. And I thought, this is not how I should be feeling on my birthday, but I just felt so miserable. She was just really not a nice person, yeah. She felt out of place and genuinely started to wonder if she could be the one to blame. 
When someone's continuously critical of you, it can really impact your self-confidence. It was very stressful because um, because nobody really said anything. Everybody was really nice to me, apart from her. And it was, I didn't dare say anything to anybody else about, oh, this Lisa's a bit odd, is she a bit odd with you as well? I just, I didn't feel like I could because I was still quite new. And I'd had a sort of a not great experience a few years prior to that. So I was kind of wondering if it was me as well. Um, and I'd come home and say to my partner, oh God, she's done this again, she said this, she said that. And my partner was kind of, well, are you attracting these nutters or what? I think you really need to harden up a bit. So I kind of didn't feel that I could say anything at home either because I did, I was, I did think it was me. I thought it was me, um, as it was really, really stressful. But then... I, it kind of turned, the womb turned a wee bit when I realised that it actually it wasn't me. Um, it, she was just generally like that with everybody. It turned out... The little digs weren't just towards her, but towards others as well. One other woman that we worked with was in the same team. She she coughed or something. She says, oh my God, you sound like a man when you cough. <laughs> okay, that's a bit of a strange thing to say, but whatever. So she was rude to her. She was rude to various different people. Lisa was attacking everyone, and it seemed to Claire that maybe she was starting to realise what she'd done. Um, but then she started realising that she really wasn't making any friends because she noticed that people would go off for lunch and the, the women in the office would go off for lunch together on different days and nobody ever, ever invited her and she kind of noticed that. So she made an effort one time, she went to the, uh, the work social club and everybody just avoided her. And she even organised um, afternoon tea one afternoon that we would all go out for coffee with her at three o'clock and suddenly everybody was busy. Then, it was like a light switched. Claire became close friends with her other colleagues. They avoided Lisa and dealt with her the best they could while forming a real support network for each other. They were fantastic. I still go for drinks with them now. I mean, it's nine years later and that crew from that time, we all still go for drinks and we're all, quite a few of us are working in different places. They were just the most amazing team to work for as a first job. Once I got over that hurdle of realizing that it was her, not me, they were incredible. They were so helpful. They used to take me to the shops because I didn't know what things were called down here. Um, they would take me out for lunch, to show me where all the good places were to go. Um, they were just amazing people, and I, st- I still keep in touch with them, still Facebook friends with all of them. They were just such lovely people. And then things came to an end. Although even when faced with leaving, Lisa couldn't stop from just being awful. But even on her last day, she made one of the other women cry and then friended her on Facebook. After being let go, Lisa did try to make a return. So I was still at the company. I got made permanent. Um, and I was still at the company and somebody was going on parental leave. So they were advertising um, the other woman's parental leave. And she, she rang her up and she's like, oh, hi, how's it going? Oh yeah, I've seen that there's a contract. Is that you? Are you going off on parental leave? Um, yeah, so is there a vacancy? And the CFO was like, she's never coming back here. <laughs> so she wasn't brought back because management recognised the toxic behaviour. But Claire has heard whispers of her elsewhere. I heard from other people who moved to other companies and said they'd seen her in reception and said, oh, what are you doing here? Oh, she was there for job interviews. Um, but it's where we are. Everybody kind of knows everybody in our field. Um, so she's not got anything permanent. I understand that she's still doing. She did try her luck overseas for a wee while, but then she's back here. And uh, I I think she's contracted, so she's not actually working permanently anywhere. Some of Lisa's actions might sound minor on their own, but together they can be absolutely overwhelming and destructive to someone's self-confidence. 
they can have an even more devastating effect if the workplace and management ignore or even support the nightmare's actions. Claire was relatively lucky, and even she found herself struggling at times. That's just the power of a nightmare. If you like this story, I'll be back in one week with expert Peter Havel analysing a previous episode and back in another two weeks with a full episode. While you wait, feel free to review or rate the podcast or even send me a message at samblacker.com if you have a story you'd like to share on the podcast. Until then, good luck at work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. 